So friends, now uh, we will, or we're going to move more deeply into our experience of the word and the good news of this Easter morning. And our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of John. Uh, each of the, uh, the Gospels tells the story of Easter morning, and the Gospel of John has uh, Mary Magdalene arriving at the tomb while it is still dark outside. And Maureen is going to read our scripture for us. Maureen. Early in the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they've laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they've taken away my Lord and I do not know where they've laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned to him and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord. And she told them the things that he had said to her. We celebrate the written word of scripture. Thanks be to God. We celebrate the living word, Christ among us. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Holy, loving, risen Christ, you are the word that has come to us in the midst of us, made real in flesh and in the words of scripture. We come to you now listening for a word of life. Amen. 
Each of the four Gospels tells the story of Easter morning, each with its own nuance, what people saw and the stories they told. On this Easter morning 2020, I'm particularly drawn to the way the Gospel of John tells the story. With Mary Magdalene going to the tomb while it is still dark outside, I'm drawn to the tender touches of the story that connect it to our world today, that somehow make this story feel fully present and fresh and raw. Mary goes to the tomb alone. In the other gospels, they go in a group, but here Mary heads toward the tomb in solitude, carrying her grief and her sorrow and her bewilderment. And even Peter and the beloved disciple, they race toward the tomb, but there grows this distance between them. The, the beloved disciple arrives first and stops at the threshold of the tomb, but doesn't go in. Peter goes in first, and then the beloved disciple enters. They take turns going into this confined space. And then they go back to their homes. They don't gather everyone together. They return to their place of shelter. And then there is the weeping, Mary weeping, a world full of weeping at the mystery of death and loss and grieving. And even when Mary recognizes Jesus and goes to grab hold of him, Jesus pulls away, don't hold on to me. In the Gospel of John, the bodies in this story stagger through their world, distant from one another, and at the same time, caught up together in the sorrow of their world and on this morning in the miracle of resurrection. Distant in body, but in all of this, together. And I think of us and of our world. But this is their world and we should spend some time there. Mary's story doesn't start at the tomb. She has been a steadfast follower of Jesus. Scripture identifies Mary Magdalene as one whom Jesus has healed. Mary has experienced firsthand Jesus's healing touch and she's followed him ever since. Luke tells us that she is one of a group of women who have followed Jesus and supported him in his ministry, followed Jesus all the way to the cross. When Peter denies Jesus and all the other disciples flee into the night, the women remain. Mary remains. As Dr. J. Alfred Smith Sr. says, the women were the last at the cross and the first at the tomb. Mary was there as they crucified Jesus. And she was there when they rolled the stone in place over the tomb. And now, now in the dark before the break of day, Mary staggers back to the tomb and she finds that stone rolled away. It is a body blow to her. She assumes, of course, that the grave robbers have come and it's, it's just trauma upon trauma. Jesus' body brutally crucified and now there is no body to grieve. And so Mary runs to tell the others, and Peter and the beloved disciple come running, and then there's this strange moment. The beloved disciple gets to the tomb first, but stops at the edge of the tomb. He doesn't go in. He's come to see, but he doesn't go in. One of my gospel teachers identifies this beloved disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, as Lazarus, 
the one whom Jesus raised from the dead and says that this beloved disciple doesn't go into the tomb because Lazarus, Lazarus knows what a tomb is like. He's been there before. He's tasted death. This beloved disciple goes in only after all of that has had time to register. And he goes back into the tomb, this time an empty tomb, and he experiences resurrection once again and believes into life all over again. But in so many ways, this is Mary's story. When the men return to their homes, she stays. Last at the cross, first at the tomb, still at the tomb. Mary is not giving up. Mary stays at the tomb and goes looking for the body. She goes into the tomb and encounters angels who ask her why she's weeping. And then Mary turns and encounters Jesus. She doesn't recognize him at first resurrected, and Jesus asks her, why are you weeping? Now, now do you remember a couple of weeks ago when we read the story of the raising of Lazarus, and Jesus stood outside the tomb of Lazarus, and Jesus wept. Jesus wept tears of rage, raging at death, and now Jesus stands outside his own tomb alive and asks, Mary, why are you weeping? Because Jesus knows that death no longer has power over life. Mary mistakes Jesus for the gardener and says, look, if you've moved the body, just tell me, just tell me and I'll take care of him. Standing at the edge of this tomb, there's just so much love. And Jesus says, Mary. And in that moment, at the sound of her name spoken in the voice she has known and loved, Mary sees. Mary sees Jesus, Mary sees the risen Christ, and as she reaches for him, Jesus says, no, don't hold on to me, go and tell the others. If there were ever a morning aching with the need for life, it is this morning, Mary's and ours. If ever there were a day that needed resurrection, it is this day, Mary's and ours. The risen Christ stands in the midst of a world filled with sorrow and grieving and death and says to Mary, don't hold on to me as if he is saying to her, don't cling to the me you have known because there is yet more life to live. Resurrection life right here, right now in the midst of all this and on into forever, there is yet more life to live. You know, I've heard, heard friends say, and I get this, they've said with all that's going on in the world, it feels like we should just stay in Lent this year. This feels like a Good Friday world. I get that. I can feel it in my bones, can you? But even so, even so, every Easter and always we begin again. Every Easter, God comes to us and carries us out again into resurrection. You see, God's love is just too big and too strong to leave us in Holy Week. There is yet more life to live. And even after Easter, then and now, the risen Christ continues to show up again and again with yet more life to live. In the Gospel of John, what happens next is Jesus appears to the disciples who've now gathered together. And Jesus says, peace be with you, and he breathes on them. Jesus breathes on them the warm breath 
of the risen Christ and says to them, receive the Holy Spirit just as God has sent me, now I am sending you. It's not just a moment of resurrection. It's a moment of incarnation. It's like Easter and Christmas and Pentecost all rolled into one. The spirit of the risen Christ, God's spirit, breathed into us, alive in us, the world, the word made flesh in us, in their world of sorrow and death, in their bodies and in their lives. There is yet more life to live. And I see that in our world too. Every morning, every morning there is yet more life to live, more life beyond what we had imagined before. I see that in the real estate agent in the East Bay who isn't selling a lot of houses lately. So she has started a volunteer organization to make sure that folks who have lost their jobs have enough food to eat. I see that in the folks in our church who've offered to do grocery runs for those who can't leave their houses, the Conants and the Nelsons who are helping get groceries for Nick Morris and the street chaplaincy, supporting the street chaplaincy's weekly hot meals for people living outside and everything Joy Snyder does to support that ministry. I see that in the nurses and doctors and healthcare workers who walk back into those hospitals every morning to work for the lives of their patients at the risk of their own. I see that in this amazing thing that we're all doing together, this, this sheltering in place. We're now four weeks into our sheltering in place and we're actually seeing the curve flatten. The pandemic is by no means over and we must persist, but we have done together what no one of us could have done alone. We have slowed its pace helping the medical community build capacity for testing and care. We are collectively saving life. We are collectively helping to bring about yet more life. Every morning, every morning there is yet more life to live right here and right now. But the power of resurrection life doesn't stop there. The tender touch of this Easter morning story is about resurrection life right here, right now. And, and it is ultimately about God's resurrection power that is stronger even than death. On that Easter morning, Mary went to the tomb in a world full of fear and suffering and death. And we know what that feels like. We know what that feels like in our world, in our bones. And what Mary encountered that morning was the risen Christ with the promise that there is nothing that can separate us from God's love. Not life, not death, not things present, not things to come, not any power in this world, not height, nor breadth, nor length, nor depth, nothing. There is nothing that can separate us from God's love in Jesus Christ. Death no longer has the last word, not in the lives we live today and not in the life that we have forever. There is a time for every season. And now it's time for us to leave the season of Lent behind. We have traveled through our desert places and we have come to the healing spring. And the healing spring is God's unquenchable, unconditional, 
unshake offable, never-ending life-giving eternal love for us in Jesus Christ. Now it's time for us to move boldly into Easter in the sure and present promise of resurrection. Now is the season for us to keep moving through this world of pandemic every day, courageously and together, persisting, sheltering in place, reaching out, giving, loving, helping to feed the hungry every day, bringing yet more life to a broken and hurting world, standing together in the sure knowledge that this resurrection life, this yet more life, is ours to live now and forever.